If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to the season two finale of Navigating the French. For more great content between seasons and a bonus episode of Navigating the French, please join us on Patreon. Hello, and welcome to Navigating the French, the podcast where each episode, we look at a French word and try and see what it tells us about French culture. I'm your host, Emily Monaco. Today, I'm chatting with Julie Barlow, the author of The Bonjour Effect. She's here to talk about an expression that sounds like you're wishing someone good appetite, but actually connotes a lot more. Bon appétit. Welcome back to the podcast, Julie. Thank you so much for joining me again. Julie, could you tell our listeners, for those who weren't here for the very first episode of the podcast, Bonjour, a little bit about you and your work as uh, it concerns the French language? Hi, Emily. Thanks, thanks for having me back. Sure. I'm a Montreal-based journalist and author, and I published a number of books about France and the French language in co cooperation with my husband, Jean-Benoît Nadeau, uh, including the last one, which I spoke to you about, which was all about the codes of French conversation. So kind of, our work has been in the past to really like explore French society and try to bring a bit of a journalistic analytical approach to things, but also to, we're sort of like anthropo amateur anthropologists looking at, you know, interviewing the French and talking to the French, like on the ground about how 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 things go and i guess the idea behind our work is really to get through the mysteries the things that really seem to confound foreigners about the french so language is, and conversation is a big one yeah absolutely and i think you know you definitely spoke to the linguistics nerd in me with the bonjour effect <laughs> and uh and one thing that i found really interesting that you sort of you draw a line between the word that you and i spoke about on our in our last conversation which is bonjour and the expression that i want to talk about today which is bon appetit and the sort of link it seems to me is something that you bring up in the book as a a purpose for certain phrases or words in languages, which is aphatic, P-H-A-T-I-C. So is Bon Appetit, well, first off, can you explain a little bit what aphatic is and is Bon Appetit aphatic? Sure. I think you would call Bon Appetit, definitely call it aphatic. I mean, I don't think it means, I don't think when you sit down and people say good appetite, that's, that's what they actually mean. So aphatic is some kind of communication. I mean, the dictionary definition is communication which serves to establish or maintain social relationships rather than to impart information. So the case of bonjour is obvious because it, you know, people aren't saying to you good day, really. They're saying, you know, as I explained in our last interview, a bunch of other stuff, like, is it okay to talk? Can I ask you a question? So it's sort of an introduction. It's like a gate that you have to open to talk. But it is, is also, you know, not people aren't saying good appetite. When, when you sit down to eat with them at the table, I think I've always considered bon appétit a kind of rallying call for eating that establishes a sort of togetherness at the table. It's like, we're in this all together. Okay, let's go. 
so you know it's not it it's it's wishing people a nice experience but very much i think underlining that eating for the french is um very much a, a collective experience um traditionally they're not comfortable with it being something that you do on your own and you know without any reference to the people around you with whom you are partaking you know ideally in a meal yeah that totally makes sense and there is i mean from what i understand then there is something almost ritualistic about it which is why i think when i was trying to think of an english an english equivalent with food i don't know that we have one but cheers for a drink sort of seems to be in the same kind of mindset Yeah, you're right. Cheers is. I was trying to think of one as well because people don't say like in English people say okay, let's start or I don't know, we don't really say anything, do we? At the beginning of a meal, we just sort of start eating or like some people say bon appétit, you know, English people say that all the time. But you're right. It's like, yeah, it's really it's really quite different. I think it's a difference between the values. Um I mean, I'm not saying that English and North American English speaking people don't value getting together to eat. but for the french it's really like part of the conversation um uh, part of you know i would say conversation is really part of what what you do and eat together and to do that you have to all be together the reason that we wrote about but but you know about food in our our book about communication is very much that you know my thoughts on it are that all the whole eating experience in traditional french eating experience is all built around conversation it's like it's all built around an experience of 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 being together and discussing things. So you know it's all paced very slowly normally. You know meals can last 3 4. We've been to meals that have lasted the whole day, you know, up until supper started at noon and stuff. But you know it's it's like you, you take your time with the apéro, certain kinds of conversations and then you move on to something else. Conversations can become a little bit more maybe personal or intense and then you know you switch courses and you sort of switch the conversation again and so this is really important to the french um much much more i think than than in our culture in north north american and english speaking culture yeah definitely and and as you were saying between courses you know i've been to those those crazy meals that like start at noon and i remember once i went to a sunday lunch that started at noon and i had to call a friend to cancel dinner plans because we were still eating lunch yeah but there is something that i think is evolving and changing with today's generations but i think it was something that you saw specifically in like maybe more aristocratic families in france for a while which was that there actually was like a change in conversation with each new course like and it was it wasn't just sort of a natural thing it was like almost codified to change conversation topics from course to course yeah kind of i mean i don't know if you had like have a specific kind of conversation obviously the 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 apero stuff is like you know the warm up <laughs> so it's a bit it's a bit lighter and then you know tongues get looser as the drinks continue you know so there's that that plays into it as well but you're right like there there is this kind of switch of things and very very dragged well sometimes it can feel very prolonged i guess you'd say but yeah is that i don't know if that is you know that, that you don't see that everywhere and one of the interesting things you know last time i lived for a while in france was the mashing of sort of the apero with a light supper that was not really part of the same kind of rituals that the traditional as you might put it sort of aristocratic kind of dinner party works you know so so like conversation is still really a big part of it and we still say bon appetit but we'll 
go to somebody's house and eat something kind of light and casual instead of, you know, this whole ritual. And maybe, maybe honestly, people don't in modern France don't have time anymore for the kind of, to meet the kind of expectations that traditionally are part of their food culture. Yeah. I think, I think things are definitely bound to change, um, but people still say bon appétit, like no matter what, you know, I mean, uh, it's still very much part of how they're shaped in, in eating. You know, our kids were in, were in elementary school at the time in, in Paris and, and it was still quite ritualized, like what they would eat in the cafeteria. You know, they'd start with a cheese course. <laughs> they'd have a main course. They'd have a dessert. It was nothing like what they did here in Canada or especially in the United States, both when we lived in the United States. So, you know, those things are not going to disappear overnight. Um, and bon appétit, I think, is still the message of, okay, here we are sitting together. It's still like a message, it's still like a code to send a signal that this is something we're all doing together. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what you were saying about the evolution is something that I've definitely noticed in my work as a food journalist. And specifically, I think one thing we're seeing is when the structure of the French meal was protected as intangible in uh, World Heritage by the UNESCO in 2010, mm-hmm. it sort of seemed to mark the beginning of a migration away from that kind of structure where you're right, like people don't necessarily have time to sit down and eat three or four courses in the evening. Whereas when I studied abroad here in 2001, the family that I was living with absolutely did twice a day, every single day, sit down and have appetizer main, cheese and dessert. And, you know, the six-year-old was sitting at the table for an hour and a half and was totally <laughs> fine with it. Like, And so I think that structure does seem to be sort of falling by the wayside, but bon appétit, or as I'm her- hearing the younger folks say it, bon app, so they've they've shortened bon it, <laughs> um, but that still seems to persist. And I think that's something that's really interesting is that even with, you know, the arrival of apéro dinatoire or people eating more fast food, they are still going to say bon app or bon appétit. Yeah, I know. It's funny, huh? the bon app is really cute. One thing I thought was really interesting that you said was that it sort of sounds like a rallying cry, like we're all going to be in this together eating. And it does make me wonder, have you ever come across any times when Bon Appetit was used more passive aggressively? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we were, and, and like, justement, you know, I was with a bunch of uh, friends from Montreal and we were with our kids and we were, we were, I don't remember, we were in the metro going somewhere. We were starving. We'd found a place and we'd gotten sandwiches and we picked them up with the idea of going wherever we were going. I think it was to see a, um, probably to a museum. And then we just, you know, the kids were cranky and, hungry so we pulled the sandwiches out and we we ate them in the metro like you can imagine how thrilled you know parisians are about seeing a bunch of foreigners eating in their metro and somebody said to us bon appetit like very pointedly and we understood perfectly well that we were you know breaking the code kind of violating the ritual you know i mean and we got the message <laughs> but what could we do you know we had no time and starving kids and that's what we did so um so the ritual is still there you know it's still in the back of people's minds and you don't you know break it so so brazenly and openly as we did of course you know being foreigners with a foreign accent you know they knew that we didn't get it (laughs) so but i do always wonder kind of what that looks like to the french like you know the best and i i'd be i'd be interested to know if you agree with me because i've had that same experience of like you know rushing between classes when i was in university eating a sandwich and some like old french guy looking at me and you know, screwing up his, furrowing his brow and bon appetit, mademoiselle. And I was like, I could tell he was not wishing me good appetite. No, he was telling me that no. I was breaking a rule. But 
I'm, I wondered kind of at the time, and I, I still wonder, like when he saw me doing that, was that an equivalent to spitting in the street? Was that the equivalent to me just talking really loudly <laughs> like an American? Like what, yeah. how do you think a French person sees it when you're eating on the go or eating at a weird time, like at 3.30 in the afternoon when it's, I used to have roommates, French roommates who would say, if they, if they saw me snacking at 3.30, they go, oh, did you miss, did you miss lunch? Like, no, I, I didn't, I didn't miss lunch. I'm eating an apple. It's the afternoon and I'm hungry. It's fine. But the French really do seem very wedded to their meal times, And I wonder what it looks like when we break that rule to them. They do. Like there, there is a time for snacks, right? When you have kids, like, I don't know, four o'clock in the afternoon or something. Like we had a friend who would, who would make a snack and we would go to the park and eat this snack with the kids. But it was like always around 4 p.m. sort of before apéro, and definitely way after lunch. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, it, it's a combination of, you know, yeah, it's considered bad manners by a certain generation, for sure. I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I think things are changing, for sure. They sort of have had to. Um, people don't necessarily have time to fulfill that kind of dinner ritual anymore. You know, it's more common in our circles, it was more common among the people who were slightly older, who not coincidentally had more time too. you know, the younger people would be sort of more towards the apéro dinatoire. Um, but, you know, that that like eating in the street and eating on the run. But, you know, people in Paris do it all the time. But it definitely is considered bad manners in a way that, you know, isn't certainly where I live in Canada. Yeah, I think I'm seeing it a little bit more, but I would say that like when I go back to New York, you see people like wolfing food down as they're running between places and I feel like I have seen people eat in the street more often, but it does seem like they at least like perch on a bench or something. Like it doesn't or or people will eat on the train for example, but I always laugh with my friends because you can tell it's noon because everybody has taken their packed lunch out. Like they eat at the same time, even though they're on the train. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that that might be the one that I'm seeing people clinging to more than anything else is the meal times, like the not eat, the not snacking or, or having that quatre heures, that like four o'clock snack that's kind of built into the day rather than just kind of like fishing, you know, goldfish out of your purse and, you know, eating a granola bar. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, totally. Well, you know, it's, it speaks to some very, very long-standing traditions in, in France and they're, they're not going to disappear overnight. And kids are still, you know, kids are still shape, I'm sure. Nothing's changed at the cafeteria at the school where my kids went to went to school. Like kids still follow those rituals and they're, they're taught to sit at the table, as you mentioned, and suffer it. And, you know, you don't, you don't lose those kinds of experiences and habits and values easily, you know, in anything. I mean, the, the way the French learn to think and talk about language is, is shaped as their young kids and, and they carry that through their whole lives. I guess what struck me is how food and eating and even learning about food is really part of education in France and considered good education. So there's a bit of a, maybe also a little bit of a class angle in there. Like you, you'd be looked down upon for not knowing, not having had a, not, not being bien élevé, you know, <laughs> that's probably part of, that's probably part of it too. But yeah, but certainly there's, there, there, you know, even when we were in Paris, there was a, already a shift, shift underway um, to a certain extent. 
If you're enjoying this episode of Navigating the French, you may also be interested in our sister podcast, Storytime in Paris, where each week host Jennifer interviews a different author about his or her book set in Paris or France. Navigating the French will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And now, back to Navigating the French. And seeing as you had so much experience with this quatre heures, I'm, I'm curious as to whether, because bon appétit, you'll say it before lunch, you'll say it before dinner, but do you say it before breakfast? And do you say it before your goûter? Well, I would say it before the goûter because I was with a group, you know? And so, we, so, so the rule applies when you're with a bunch of people who get together to eat, right? I don't remember, like there wasn't really a, there, there isn't really a breakfast culture in Paris, in France anywhere, really. Is there like a... No, I don't think so. Brunch was sort of starting, but it's not, it's not like a thing where people get together um, the way they do in North America, for sure. And even and breakfast is like not, you know, it, the meal itself doesn't have a sort of ritual order of how you eat it, you know? So I don't think it applies. And I don't think you would say bon appétit, but you could. I live in Quebec, which is a French-speaking province and has a certain residual French eating culture, you know. And um, if I were here to go to somebody's place for a, a brunch um, and it was like a sit-down thing where everybody was eating the same thing, we, would, we, would, we might say bon appétit to start. But not if it's a thing where people get up and go and get their food and it's all, you know, not structured, then you wouldn't, you wouldn't say it at all. Because there's no time to say it. There's no beginning. There's no moment where we all say, okay. We're in this together. Let's go. Um, and that's sort of what it is, you know. So then would it be rude to start eating before someone had said bon appétit in French, do you think? Uh, good question. I wouldn't. Certainly not. Certainly not before the host. I mean, again, it depends on what kind of meal you're at, right? Um, if it's something reasonably formal or, you know, especially with people uh, that I don't know very well. I of course would mind my manners and never stop start eating before they started eating. And normally they will like the, the host or hostess will sit down and proclaim it time to eat and say bon appétit. Um, I don't know. How do you find it? Like you, you must go to lots of meals with 
people that you don't know that much. Yeah, I would agree with you. You wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't start eating before somebody told you it was time to eat. No, absolutely not. And and when I was preparing for this talk, I was trying to think, okay, like, you know, you're sitting in a restaurant and you wait till everybody's served, obviously, and you're sort of already having your conversation. And I do feel like someone, it doesn't even have to be the person who invited or the person who's paying, or it's just someone will say, Bumba, bon app, like to sort of say, should we start feeding our faces now? Which is so funny because, I mean, it, it, it is kind of that, like, it has a little bit of that, please start or like, let's start or dig in, don't let it get cold. Yeah. But I feel like, like the English one is very, it's it's a little different, right? But the the server would never say bon appétit, would they? Like it's... it's No, but the server I have heard say bon, bon continuation. Bon continuation, yes, I've heard that too, yeah. And that's normal. And what's that? That's like, okay hope you're enjoying everything that's sort of like that you know yeah 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 Yeah, it is it's it's like the less obtrusive version of like the american server coming around being like i hope everything is like is everything good (laughs) i know i know it is it's very it's much more delicate um but it's it's Mm -hmm. a it's a wish for the experience that you're having to continue so yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it but 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 a server would never say would never say bon appetit would they no I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But I've never thought about that. But no, you're right. Like a server would say, like if the server said anything after serving, it would be like, je vous en prie. And then they disappear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they just, they totally yeah. vanish. Into yeah, 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 yeah. French servers are a different breed. <laughs> yeah, it's like over to you. And then, it's, and then it's up to the people to decide. Yeah, it's up to whoever at the table to decide when to wish the, wish the bon appétit. Yeah. And who, and who does wish the bon appétit? I guess it's, I guess it's, I guess it can be anybody. I think it's the person who's hungriest. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe I'm trying to imagine like, is there a pecking order for bon appétit? Sort of like in a in a dinner party at somebody's house. It's obviously the host. Yeah, if it's a dinner party, I think yeah, you're right. It's the host. But if you're at a restaurant, I really do think it's like if the conversation is continuing and you sense your food is getting cold and you really want to eat it, you could wish everybody else bon appétit so that you can start eating. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You can. You can go. Okay, let's go. Bon up. Bon up. Okay. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. That's funny. Anyway, but you pick up these rituals, right? And then, and then, or, you know, these, or they're not, you're part of these rituals and then you pick up these codes. Um, and it's funny to step back and think about it. Like we do it kind of automatically. We sort of have a sense of, of, uh, of who gets to make the call um, when it's time to start, you know? And the French obviously have, this is sort of, as you said, it's a phatic. It's not necessarily someone saying, I hope that your appetite is good, but the French do love talking about what they're eating or what they're going to eat or what they have eaten. And I was curious, you know, I've noticed the French are a lot more honest when they're in conversation, bordering on hypercritical. And, you know, that to be too positive, I think you you wrote, is is to sort of be perceived as being a little naive or kind of dumb. So when, when you're in a, obviously, if you're in someone's house, it's different. But if you're at a restaurant and you ask your friend, so how how's your food? Is it good? Are you supposed to be honest or are you supposed to be you know polite the way that you would in English where like unless your food was really bad you probably wouldn't complain about it probably not although in a restaurant I don't know it depends on I think it depends partly on who you're with and what kind of level of foodiness you're all at you know um but (laughs) I would complain in a restaurant and I would complain in front of my friends if the food wasn't good partly because like you should hear too, you know, but we don't because it's because it's right. considered impolite. It's not considered impolite to say 
to somebody who's sold you and served you food in a commercial situation to say, you know, this was, you know, I was not that happy about this, as long as you've got a good reason why. I can recall getting something with a sauce that just had like starch or cornstarch. I could taste it anyway. And I remember telling the telling the waiter how it was. And the, the waiter was delighted to hear back from me and gave me like a free dessert or something. I mean, it's, 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 oh it's my gosh. fun to do that. And, and, and as you said, you know, people, and, you know, we discussed this in, in, our, in our book, in the Bonjour Effect too, the French can be very critical and it's not considered bad manners necessarily to be critical. Uh, it's considered by being too pleasant and happy and gung-ho, you, you do come off as a bit naive and, and a bit, you know, you can sound a little bit stupid to the French by being overly, by, by praising too easily and things like that. And then, of course, there's the whole there's the whole thing around the word no. You know, the French are always saying no because they don't want to say I don't know, basically. So you know, there, there's that whole element. But but the the negativism is you know just part of you know the French character. I wouldn't, I don't think, dare try to explore. We did try to explore where it comes from, but there are many many historical reasons why they've evolved that way. But food in particular, as you know, is something, it's great. To, it's part of general culture. You know, as I mentioned earlier, kids, kids really get educated about food. Of course, the whole idea of terroir is extremely important and remains important to the French. And that is, of course, knowing where food comes from, um, no, like local specialties of, of different kinds of regions. And, you know, they, love, they, they certainly love to talk about that we have a theory that one of the reasons the French love to talk about food so much, and particularly because most of it's grown outside of cities. So, you know, it comes from different geographical areas and cultural areas of France. And France being such a centralized country, uh, it, it doesn't really allow for a lot of regional identity through, you know, language, for instance. Um, but it does mm -hmm. definitely through food. And food is one of the things that people are supposed to have an opinion about. and as you, you know, knowledge about and an opinion about, you know, as you know, the French value being forthcoming about their opinions, right? <laughs> like that, that is, that is putting it lightly. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, yeah. it, it's really part of what, and, and, you know, they like, they would rather have conversations be interesting and a kind of little battle of wits than, just everybody's saying how happy they are and agreeing all the time, which is which to them is boring, you know. So, so you know, food and all talk about food goes in there too. I think they are bound to be, you know, more critical about food. And don't you think they come off as a little bit intimidating about food just because they talk about everything a little bit more critically, you know? Oh, absolutely. And everybody has an opinion. Yeah. And I think, um, and I think also like in the same way as the customer is always right in the U.S., the customer is very frequently wrong in France. <laughs> yeah. But but they kind of like it. Like yeah. I know, I mean, they did. So they did a bit. I only I did haven't watched very much of it. But the Emily in Paris show, they did a bit where you know Emily gets a steak and it's too rare and she sends it back and the chef is like, no, that's how you're supposed to eat it. <laughs> and that's sort of the stereotype of it. But I do know that like I used to go to my fishmonger and say, oh, you know, I'd like some salmon, and he'd go, oh no, you don't want salmon today. <laughs> really? Oh okay. What, what do I what do I want then? Wow. And I think there is like, I mean, probably also because I'm, I was, you know, 
young. I, I just moved here. I have an I have a bit of an accent. They probably are pretty pleased to to show off. But I think there is a certain pride in the person who's give who's selling you or preparing you the food, knowing how it should be eaten yes. and telling you how it should be eaten. Yeah. But then what's better than a customer who also knows how it should be eaten and also knows about it, you know? Oh, well, that's great because then you get to have an argument, right? And you get to have an argument, exactly. <laughs> and what's more fun than that, you know? Right. And, and it's funny because, you know, arguing would be the last thing in my Protestant North American culture. It's the last thing we would do at the table in, a, you know, eating a nice meal. Like there was really truly something to argue about. But for the French, it's fine. Getting into that yeah. kind of thing is fine. And if you know, food is a good topic as any for, for talking about generating a little bit of debate and a little bit of friction mm -hmm. and stuff. So, yeah. So yeah, no, it's not, yeah. uh, it's not, it's, it's, it's always less of a faux pas <laughs> to, to be critical about things, especially, you know, including food, I would say. Well, speaking of things that you and I probably wouldn't be okay, or that our culture wouldn't be okay with us talking about at the table, but the French are <laughs> kind of okay with, they talk about pretty much anything at the table. But one thing I wanted specifically to bring up is, and this is obviously not if you, it's, you're with people you don't know, but by and large, the French are a lot more comfortable talking about their digestion than I was raised to be comfortable with. And this is like among friends, but they're constantly talking about what like the a, a virtue of certain foods is whether they're digestible like digest they talk about it yeah. like the oh une baguette bien cuite a well done baguette is more digest is is more easily digestible than an undercooked baguette yeah i mean and and you know when they've eaten too much they literally call it a liver crisis <laughs> yeah. Yeah. why do you think they're so okay with talking about their digestion why is that not a, a faux pas i think it I think the issue is us, Emily. I don't think the issue is them. <laughs> I think it's us. Like, I think we should ask why we are so That's hung, fair. hung up about talking about that stuff. Like, it's just all part of the French don't have a lot of rules on what you can and can't discuss to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. So the rules aren't really very different at the table. But of course, you've noticed that even, and it's not really the same thing, but it's somehow in my mind related. Like, we don't, let, and I'm talking about like, north americans we don't really like talking about where food comes from right like we like mm -hmm. we like it on the plate looking like it is and we don't really want to discuss the 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 corpse of the animal from which this 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 meat came you know but the french of course don't aren't skittish about that at all and they talk about that and i think it just is a general of a less prudishness in french culture that, that that's all i see at that you know i'm a little taken aback like you like when that not by the stuff that's digested, not that's, you know, they're, 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 they had, there's a little bit of a hypochondriac like streak to French culture that comes <laughs> through at the pharmacy, you know, they're obsessed with medication, they, but they, but, but also at the table, you know, and I, I think it's just a, I hate to say this as an author who pretends to like, you know, decode French culture, but it's just, that's the way they are. Yeah. Um, but I think it's us. I really think it's us. That's the, you know, the thing that we should perhaps be examining. <laughs> Fair enough. So why are we so put off by this? And why do we need to so much dissociate anatomy and biology from food, right? And we do, we do, we do. We, we kind of pretend it's, it, it, it wasn't cut out of an animal and, that it, you know, we, we're, we're odd that way. I noticed with my family, I'm, I'm a little bit of a hybrid now because I live, you know, in a French speaking culture, which has adopted to a certain extent part of that culture. Um, and when I'm back with my family in English speaking Canada, um, you know, I really noticed the difference between 
what you're allowed to say at the table and what you're not. And, and talking about cooking and the details of stuff. It's, uh, no, it's really interesting. But uh, I don't have a grand theory about it. It's just the French. <laughs> I mean, and specifically what you were mentioning, the dissociation of like the, the animal in the field and the food on the plate in Anglo culture. I mean, obviously that has a little bit to do with the fact that we have different words for them in English, exactly. which you went into in your other book about why that is. Yeah, I was just thinking pork, beef, fowl. Yeah, it's all different. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to imagine like like once upon a time some that was decided that came about was it religion i don't know well i think i remember reading that it was when the english aristocracy was speaking french the word for the the french word for the animal was used in banquets and then the anglo-saxon word was still used on farms ah, and so you have okay. words like I thought that was you who wrote that. So if it's not you, nope. I need to figure out who it was. I thought that was you. Um, like I think that like swine, for example, was used for the pig when it's alive and pork in the plate. But pork was just the French word for pig. So it's like the fact that we've divided it. Paul, yeah. Beef, beef, yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. No, I don't think it was me. I like it as a grand as a grand unified theory. But I also love that if you go to a French butcher shop, they've got like posters of happy cows in a field right in front of like the beef case I know and you're like oh <laughs> it's gonna be on my plate yeah it's good <laughs> yeah plus you know hanging in the window and tr traditionally in some of the older sh shops you know the the, the the animals hanging right there <laughs> so it doesn't put anybody off yeah if you're enjoying this episode of navigating the French you may also be interested in our sister podcast romancing in Paris which delves into love lust and so much more in the city of light Navigating the French will be right back after a word from our sponsors. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. And now, back to Navigating the French. Now, if Bon Appetit is kind of the rallying cry to begin a meal, is there a way that you end a meal traditionally? Hmm. Good question. Not really. Do you yeah, think there is? It just kind of ends. Just, no, I was just, trying to think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good question. No, not really. I mean, by that time, everybody has 
a traditional meal, as you mentioned earlier, it's just getting kind of late. <laughs> and um, someone will often, I can recall, like a slight signal being sent out by the host a little bit like, you know, whoever's tired first basically says they're tired. I think that's how it normally works, right? Yeah. And I mean, I would not leave a party until I'd sort of gotten that signal in a home. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like up and leave and, and until I'd sort of gotten the signal that things were finished. But the advantage of a ritual is that, you know, when you do go through the five steps, you know, to get your meal, you know, the all the courses and stuff. So mm-hmm. things just kind of naturally taper out, right? In my opinion. Yeah. Like it's, you know, you're not supposed to be in a rush. And if you've been at it for five hours, I think we're all good. <laughs> yeah. Things can kind of peter out taper out and off you go yeah it's interesting though it's true there's no uh, there's no au revoir like there's no like in the in the bonjour there's you know it's framed by the bonjour and which opens the conversation and the au revoir which sort of closes the conversation but uh it can yeah it's, yeah it's closure yeah i think you often get the pre-end signal of someone saying qui boit un café Yes. Who wants a coffee? Yes, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so then you know we're, we're coming to the end. We're moving to the end, yeah, exactly, and, yeah. yeah, true. I didn't think about that. And then I and then I feel like the only, like, you don't really get anything except for, like, a bon, uh, <laughs> bon, ben, yeah, then, exactly. Yeah, and then it's, like, I guess last metro, I get, you know, if everybody, if you're, ta- if you're in the city, it's, like, oh, I guess we better catch the last metro, yeah. or, like, yeah. but, yeah, it's, it, you open it. But then it kind of tapers, peters off to a close. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. But I'm not sure. Do you think that's, it's not that different than how things go in North America, is it? No, absolutely not. I would say, uh, you know, in the in North America, I think people leave earlier. In yes. France, they're like clinging on and the host is like fall, is falling asleep in his chair. And you're kind of like, all right, I guess, I guess there, if there's no more booze, <laughs> we'll make our way home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it must be a little tricky for people getting used to how long it can go on. You know? <laughs> it must be like, I can't remember my first, my first French meal, like really long meal. It was so long ago now. Um, but mm-hmm. it does take a bit of getting used to the, the pace and you have to pace yourself. Jean-Benoit had a difficulty. My, my co-author had a difficulty with finding himself. He was part of a hiking club that went on these excursions every Saturday or Sunday and people would bring food along in these kind of elaborate lunches. Right. And Jean would just like pack mm-hmm. a lunch and then, and he had trouble getting used to the fact that they were still sitting down in the woods and they were still following the ritual. <laughs> so he would eat a first course thinking it was the full meal you know he had one hiker who would bring something outrageous and he would like eat and eat and eat and then realize that it's only the beginning you know and that there was more stuff coming and that she had uh, you know crap in her backpack for dessert sort of thing so you know that can really take like, so I guess the, the 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 advice to people you know is like the, the ritual can pop up anywhere <laughs> so be ready totally. and pace yourself you know because there will be there will be an introduction, a development, and a conclusion, probably with the coffee um, and lots of, you know, wine in between, <laughs> no matter where you are. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Right before we we leave one another, I had one last thing I wanted to ask you, which is I thought of a couple of other scenarios where you might have a phatic expression and then scenarios where I wasn't sure. Okay. And I wanted to see if you could confirm them with me. So 
The one we talked about earlier is, you know, when you're going to have a drink, obviously you say santé. That's a real thing. Yeah. Okay. When you leave the office and you're going on holiday, would everybody in the office wish you bonne vacances? That I don't know because I never worked in an office. Okay. Have you worked in an office? Like I, I, I have, and I feel like they do, but I wasn't sure if it was like me making my one experience confirm the rule. Yeah. Or like when kids leave for school, leaves for school holiday, maybe. Yeah, possibly. I'd have to check check with the kids in my life. Um, I know that for sure. Like you, you went through the whole ritual of bonjour every morning to everybody, right? Yeah. And then I'm not sure how the day ends probably with an au revoir with some sort of general yeah but like anything that any expression bonne vacances is probably actually just a wishing you happy holidays and telling you it's okay to leave <laughs> but okay. like, a, like a fatic is is normally part of some kind of established ritual so you know bonjour bonjour and au revoir they're like the the king or queen queen fatics you know because they very much give you permission to do something right like you're not going to start a conversation until you've had a proper bonjour and established your intention and by being invited by the bonjour that comes back to say, okay, it's good. We can talk or you can ask me directions or you can ask me the question or whatever. And if you skip that, as you know, I probably like if you skip that, then things go awry. Like it doesn't, things don't flow, you know, with the French mm-hmm. and they, they, they think they, they think you're rude. And that's why bon appétit is like something that somebody can say because things are not going the way they should be going in their mind you know um so that's sort of the sense of the fatic like it says okay it's okay to to talk or to do whatever so yeah were there other ones well that makes me think of the last one that i had in mind and i think i understand why you do it now which is if you're ever hiking i mean as you said your your co-author does bonne promenade like if you pass another hiker it's like have a good hike and that does feel like a, all right, I've acknowledged you. And now we're going to go off in our own directions. Yes. And you can enjoy your hike and I'll enjoy mine. Yeah. And that sort of feels like it's the same kind of feeling as Bon Appetit, which is like, we're all going to now enjoy our meals. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a signal. Like, okay, this is what we're going to do now. And this is, yeah, like Bon Promenade. Exactly. It's not, I mean, they're wishing you a good walk, obviously, but you're right. It is a way of saying, okay, you know, off, off we go in our, in our, in our separate directions. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I hadn't thought about that one. Well, thank you as always for joining me on the podcast, Julie. It has been an enlightening conversation. Lots of food for thought. Ha ha. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. And uh, yeah. Hopefully. T- See, we're fading out just like the Bon yes, Appetit people. <laughs> yes, we are. All right. Great. Thank you so much. Okay. Au revoir. And Au revoir. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. This has been Navigating the French. You can find more from me, Emily Monaco, at Emily underscore in underscore France on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is produced by Paris Underground Radio. To listen to other episodes of this podcast or to discover more podcasts like it, please visit parisundergroundradio.com. Thanks for listening and à bientôt. This episode of Navigating the French was produced by Jennifer Garrity for Paris Underground Radio. For more great content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Paris Underground Radio.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.